Welcome back to another episode of Greater Greener Georgia, your local news, environment, and policy podcast. We have a few stories to cover this week, but as always, make sure that you're following us on social media at both GC Voters and GCV Ed Fund to get all of the latest news and happenings around Georgia and what we're doing as a team. Yeah, and with that, you know, we can jump right in. Alexis, I know you're covering all the flooding that's going on in in Jackson as well as in Northwest Georgia today, right? Yeah, it's probably the most pressing environmental issue that's going on, at least locally right now. There's actually, now that I mention it, flooding going on in the Middle East as well over in Pakistan. So so it's kind of a big theme happening right now. So as you probably already know, the city of Jackson, Mississippi is in the middle of a huge water crisis right now. Last week, record-setting rain hit the Jackson area, resulting in the Pearl River overflowing and flooding the entire city. And right now, the city of Jackson is out of water. Basically, the flooding of the Pearl River created problems with treating water at Jackson's main water plant, leading to a decrease in the production of water throughout the entire city. According to the governor of Mississippi, there is a near certainty that Jackson will fail to produce running water sometime in the next several weeks if improvements are not made in the system. And according to the mayor of Jackson, the current water crisis is actually just the result of years-long issues that have already been going on. In a statement from NAACP President Derek Johnson, he said, somehow in the year 2022, equality and justice remain out of reach for Black communities across America. The disparities facing our community are stark. More than 100,000 people, the majority of whom are Black, are without safe access to drinking water for the foreseeable future. Basically, what he's saying is that a lack of investment by the political leadership in Jackson has created this crisis and highlights the racial injustice that is associated with the distribution of state and federal funds for clean water. And over closer to our neck of the woods, a few days later, heavy storms created flash floods right here in Georgia. Specifically, the town of Somerville in northwest Georgia was almost underwater on Sunday, causing Governor Kemp to declare a state of emergency in Floyd and Chattooga counties. The city of Somerville has also advised their residents to boil their water prior to drinking or cooking with it. So our hearts are with both of these communities as they work to get back to safety and normalcy. And it's really important to note that when we talk about climate disaster, climate refugees, and all of these like climate emergencies that seem like they might be happening in the future, we're really talking about right now. This is all happening literally as we speak. And clean water is a human right. So the organization Black Voters Matter put out a great statement that I was going to summarize, and I just want to share exactly what they said as a conclusion to this story. These water crises are not an isolated issue. What happens in the South is usually a precursor for what may befall the rest of the country. In fact, extensive infrastructure issues that have plagued Black communities around the country for generations, preventing Black people from access to the most basic of human rights, such as clean water. So that's why we do the work that we do at GCV. We're continuing to fight hard for environmental justice here in Georgia and across the entire Southeast, 
and speaking out really loudly to make sure that we get federal and state funding for our communities to update our infrastructure. Our communities are just way too important to stay quiet. We must be loud advocates for environmental justice and improved infrastructure in order to keep each other and our environment safe from disasters like this. Yeah, wow. It's a couple of incredible stories and um, just so wild to hear. You know, we were just up in Somerville mm -hmm. in Northwest Georgia um, filming for our next environmental justice documentary. We luckily kind of just missed this flooding. Um, but wow. Yeah. Not having access to clean water for the foreseeable future is a, is a pretty scary thing. Yeah. And there are a lot of places you can donate to help out the community in Jackson and also here in Georgia. So we've shared a few of those resources on our social media. So if you have the means, please, uh, do your best to donate a little bit to help out these communities and getting access to clean water. Yeah. And the scary part is, it's just happening more and more around mm -hmm. different you know, there's yeah. been recent stories around the world in the country mm -hmm. that the same exact thing keeps happening. Um, yeah, it's so. really happening now. I know when politicians are out campaigning about preventing the climate emergencies, like they're happening. So we just want to prevent them from continuing to happen, basically. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so mm -hmm. we can we can go on to a <laughs> bit of a lighter note now, maybe. For our yeah, <laughs> switching to a more lighthearted kind of thing. I wanted to cover something different that we haven't really talked about much on the show, Um. but I was out thrifting last week and started kind of thinking about shopping sustainably. And I really started um, thrifting because, you know, it was it was frankly cheaper than buying new clothes. But besides the cost, there are also great environmental benefits that come with buying used or vintage clothing specifically. So kind of just wanted to talk about um, fast fashion and then also just kind of how to like keep sustainability in your mind when you're uh, are clothes shopping. Um, it's it's something that we don't really think about, but it has been circulating in the news lately with fast fashion brands like Shein and, and Forever 21, you know, just a couple examples. They're contributing to our global environmental issues and filling landfills with cheap clothing. Um, and it, it just got me thinking about the ways that we can shop for clothes more sustainably because everyone wants to buy new things, you know, even it's a refresher wardrobe or, or whatever mm -hmm. the reason, but there are things to keep in mind when doing that because we don't, aren't saying not to buy new things, but there's a couple of things that you can do to, to, to be more environmentally sustainable. Um, the first being, you know, there's a, there's a really long list, but just want to touch on a couple. Um, the first being is just buying less. Um, this seems pretty self-explanatory, but I think the the chief product officer of Patagonia said a really amazing quote that the most environmentally sustainable jacket is the one that you already have in your closet. Um, and it was kind of interesting because this whole came out on Black Friday with like an advertising campaign that was from Patagonia basically saying, don't buy our jackets. Um, they're like, keep the one you already have. So it's kind of interesting. Ad. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, but just trying not to fall into that consumerism trap. And, and sometimes we feel like we need to buy new clothes to be happy or, or, you know, whatever the reason, mm -hmm. but not always the right choice. So just thinking about buying less, if you do want to buy, look for sustainable brands. Um, Adidas has been a great example of a big major brand using recycled and sustainable materials from, you know, recycled water bottles that they captured in the ocean 
you know, not collected in the right. ocean, um, to algae sea foam. Um, the new Yeezys are made out of algae sea foam. So oh, kind cool. Of cool. we really want to influence these big brands. A lot of people say with your wallets by, you know, purchasing, um, by purchasing from these sustainable brands, that's kind of hopefully influencing other big brands to, to get the, get the idea and be like, Oh, a lot of people are wanting sustainability. So we should be doing that. So you know, trying to keep it on trend, uh, mm -hmm. as a positive trend is, is the goal. Um, another interesting one is thinking twice before throwing out your clothes. Don't just throw away your clothes in the normal trash bins. Cause most of them are synthetic and they're, they're non-biodegradable. So they're just going to fill up the landfill. Um, there's a couple other options for that. You can either try and repair them, which I don't, have like the seamstress skills but like uh maybe you know someone that does and they can kind of repair if one of your clothes like if you rip a jean or something which is maybe kind of stylish why don't just wear it instead yeah. of throwing it away you can um, ask me i fix my friend clothes all the time for them yeah there you go you just hit us up on instagram for that yeah. <laughs> um you can also just kind of uh, donate your clothes I, I do this a lot like kind of when i buy something new or or find something or or am given a a, a pair of clothes I tend to like donate, um, donate something from my closet just to like fill up. So I don't have so much space, you know, it just keeps, keeps a rotating thing going. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, charity and also, uh, donation centers that you can give your clothes to. And, uh, it really helps out a lot of people. Um, plus what I like to do, cause I'm, I'm a huge fan of the closet clean out and there's, well, there's one place near me called Plato's closet, but it's basically just a consignment store. Mm -hmm. I bring all my clothes there whenever I'm donating, I get a little bit of money if they're going to take any of my clothes to resell them and whatever they don't want to take, they just donate for me. So it's kind of like a one-stop I get paid a little bit and then my clothes get donated. Yeah. So and you can get something new with that money too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah from a second, you know, yeah. Someone else's secondhand clothing. You so. don't feel as bad for for buying selling if you get money for donating <laughs> yeah exactly it's like free <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was a great option you know there's there's a lot of other options out there but the bottom line is just kind of thinking about what you're buying and and do you really need another jacket or is the one you have good enough or can you fix it or um can you donate it um i also think that shopping vintage or thrift stores is is pretty rewarding so that's cool mm -hmm. you know you have to look through all these piles of clothes and then you find this one gem that you really love and and you um tend to wear it more and also like i i feel like the older clothes and I, while i was researching this it is a fact that a lot of the older vintage stuff was just built you know constructed better mm -hmm. and it just lasts longer so there's stuff that i've gotten years ago from thrifting at Goodwill or something. And it's, I still wear it like years later and it's still right. in fine condition because everything isn't made to, you know, be turned around. That's really what the fast fashion is. It's like mm -hmm. buy this, wear it, and then it kind of falls apart and you have to yeah, buy so a new thing. A new exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's kind of what it's designed to do, but the older clothes weren't, they're were actually designed to last. So um, be cool be smart and shop vintage, <laughs> vintage and also be environmentally conscious at the same time. Um, yeah. That's my uh, fun story for the day. Yeah, thank you. And I mean, let me be a broken record for one second on this because I 1000% agree with everything you said. But to me, 
it's so important to keep in mind that individual actions are not what's going to save the environment. It's going to take the corporations changing the, the way they act in order to save us. However, at the same time, you can still be eco-friendly and the less money you give to those corporations, the less they're going to be producing those products that are bad for the environment. Yeah. And that's why I love the Adidas yeah. mention of this. And I'm sure there's other brands, but I've just seen Adidas doing mm-hmm. promoting it a lot where they're using recycled materials. Yeah. And so just if you go buy those seafoam shoes, then like <laughs> Other corporations would be like, oh, everyone's buying these seafoam shoes. Yeah. So I should make them out of that too or whatever. So right. that's, that's a way to influence corporations. Mm-hmm. And also as someone who's been thrifting a lot of my clothing myself recently, I just found this really interesting because I did kind of just start doing it to save money when I wanted some new basic stuff and didn't want right. to spend a ton. But there's so many like pop-up vintage markets, especially around Atlanta. And I find that like almost every day now I'm wearing something that I've thrifted Um, just because like what you're saying, it lasts longer. I love it because, you know, I found it hidden in a rack and it was lucky that it was my size. And um, yeah, it's just a a fun activity to do while also being a little bit more eco-friendly. Anyway, yeah. So thanks so much for tuning into this week's um, a little bit of a shorter episode for you guys, but Uh, Make sure to go back and listen to all 30 other episodes on wherever you get your uh, podcasts. And um, thank you for listening to Greater Greener Georgia. See you soon.